Hello, Relentless family. We are back again for another Relentless Thursday, and today is no different than any other Thursday. We get out here to be our best selves, love ourselves unconditionally, walk in our purpose, and be who we are. And that's just being ourselves and loving ourselves. So we're excited. We are still in this relationship series. And today I am so excited. We are talking with couples. We are talking about the married life. My guests we have here, they're all married, but a lot of people don't really go into the marriage. They just in long relationships or committed relationships, and that is okay. So this episode will be for you too. This episode is for the singles. This episode is for everyone because we are talking about love, and I love talking about love, being in love, everything about love. So it's exciting. And you guys know I am single. I'm not married, so I'm getting my own notebook and pen and all this stuff out so I can take notes to be ready and prepared for my relentless journey when that do happen of getting married. So we're going to learn a lot from these couples. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. A lot of times when we think about marriage, you know, the first thing we get excited about when we're kids is the wedding, at least for girls. I don't know about you guys, oh, but yeah. I know that's all we talked about growing up. Like, oh, what is our wedding going to be like? But we know that marriage is much more than the wedding. Yeah. But y'all walked into, at least if you know, walked into challenges, just the wedding by itself because of COVID. And this is a new present for everyone. I know people had spent all this money right when COVID hit in 2020 and they couldn't get married. They couldn't invite friends. Some, you know, virtual became these virtual weddings. How did you guys handle COVID while engaged and getting married? It was, uh, it was a challenge because our, our wedding was supposed to be in Hawaii. So we planned a destination wedding didn't go as planned uh we had to then plan so you, you think planning one wedding is tough we i planned three weddings the wife didn't want anything besides twinkly lights yeah, I didn't that's, that's all she got those but we had to plan another wedding um at love in a town in our town santa fe get it set up again governor shut down everything so then we had to resort to just doing an outdoor wedding uh, luckily, our family, we do have a pastor who married us, and we're able to be blessed by that and have the people who are close to us um, get, you know, be there for us. Yeah, we literally That's... picked our where we were going to get married the Thursday. We got married on a Saturday. It was the Thursday before we just went up into Pecos, and we're like, this is the spot we're getting married. He had to ask some like hikers to move the day of our wedding. He was like, oh, hey, wow. I'm going to get married here. Can you guys move over? Wow. <laughs> So not the bridezilla, but hey, we got to get this done. We cannot plan a fourth wedding. This is it. Wow. I'm pretty sure it was very stressful, but beautiful at the same time. Y'all coming together, being able to work together. Your family was there. It sounds like you had the people who needed to be at your wedding was there. So that's amazing. I know it's not Hawaii, but pretty sure it was still a beautiful wedding. Yes. So we were supposed to get married in March of 2020, and... We had to cancel our ceremony five days before it was supposed to happen. Yeah, Dallas went completely into lockdown. Um, and our venue was a little bit crazy and made us pick, keep picking dates that we had to keep pushing back. Uh, we even had to get special permission. Um, and finally, we had our ceremony October last year. But it was really rough. It was a very rough time. Um, we decided to go ahead and get married. It was just us and a minister and someone holding their phone up to record us and that was a very bittersweet moment in the grand scheme of things yeah because we didn't even want to be around our family we were so scared 
of someone getting sick. And it pretty much was like that for the whole time un until like things finally started settling down. Right. Love prevailed for both couples here had to, you know, struggle with COVID and getting married. But you know how something challenges kind of throw us further apart, but it sounds like it brought y'all closer together. Even when you had to do it alone mm -hmm. the first time of getting married, it was just you two and just one other person, not with the people that you love the most, that prayed for your relationship, that pushed the relationship going not be able to share that but then to be able to like you know what we couldn't share it then but to come back last year mm -hmm. and have the ceremony just means so much more and it was so cool to see our families um come together because even though we've been married right then they the time for our actual ceremony they just came together and they're like working together and doing everything to get everything ready it was just really beautiful that's probably one of the best parts of the wedding just seeing the two families come together and just, I just love love, guys. Because <laughs> you're not just combining just you and your husband or you and your wife. You're combining an entire family together as one. Yeah. People that maybe outside of you two would have never have met ever in life would never cross hands. It's like you know, it's not like your mother-in-law. This is just a second mother for you, or a second yeah. father, or you know, mm -hmm. siblings. Maybe some of us never had, but now we got a group of siblings. And the more we come together, the more powerful we are, the more we can get things done and all love and spread that love. And definitely in this world now, we need love more than ever. Yeah. yeah. Okay, last week we were talking with the singles in the single world of relationships and love. And we talked a lot about intentionality and we talked a lot about intimacy. And in the single world, we really don't get to really experience intimacy the way that you guys get to experience intimacy because you're with your partner every single day. And Terry Crews, I'm going to play it for you guys. And I want us to talk about it. And for those out there, y'all listen to it as well. But he gives a really powerful definition of intimacy. And I wonder how has that played out in you guys' marriage so far? So here we go. I learned that intimacy is only thing I'm looking for. And when I say that, intimacy really means that someone knows you, all your stuff, everything about you, good and bad, and loves you anyway. That's all every man is looking for. You can't get intimacy without vulnerability. It's possible because you're going to have to tell your stuff. If you can't tell You'll never find intimacy. So, but that's the only thing you're looking for. So what happens is you get sex. Sex and love, two different things. Lots of sex. And it's always unfulfilling because you're not getting what you need. Man, that video is, is very true. I think one thing he said was, as a man, we look for intimacy and i think within the confines of marriage intimacy is so beautiful because yes with the vulnerability there's a lot of nerves there's a lot of hesitancy to let those walls down but when you're married and you meet somebody you love it's met with love so when you are vulnerable it's not met with judgment it's not met with like holding that against you but truly in marriage and the way it should be because you know not every marriage is like that but i think I can speak from my perspective. That's the 
level of intimacy that Jelly, my wife, and I try to strive for is that we like to be open with each other and then meet that with love. And so I think that's the beauty of being vulnerable and intimacy all together is that that's allowed in marriage. And it's kind of like what we do is we strive for it. So we want to be open with each other. We want to kind of pull it out of each other. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. she'll not want to tell me what she's feeling or whatever. And so I'm like, no, like I, I, I kind of sometimes force her to be a little vulnerable with me because I think it's so necessary, especially in marriage, because you spend every second, every day with each other. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you keep that in, we, we all know that that turns into resentment. And so I think doing that, like, especially like you said, as men, we don't always share our feelings that well, or, you know, with our guys, we didn't grow up, you know, being vulnerable with each other. But when you learn to do that, it, it really is what, and, and not only men, but women as well, but it, it just helps. Like, that's what the marriage is built on is that level of intimacy and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I think, like, piggybacking off of that, I think it's, like, also, like, for some, at least for us, like, just the consistent practice of it. Because, like, like you said, like, in conflict, it's sometimes it's hard for me to be, like, well, I'm feeling this way because I'll just, like, oddly feel embarrassed or oddly feel, like, oh, like, it's weird for me to feel that way or I'm just being emotional. But really, whenever you think about intimacy and, like, just on the aspect of, like, my thoughts and my feelings, they really, like, we get basically to the foundation of that and being able to share that, I think is something that is really golden because you can have that in relationships for sure. But when you think about, okay, like you, it's, it's your significant other. So there's sometimes like, man, like I still want him to see me as the apple of his eye, but also too, like, I'm not always, you know, the pretty package and I'm the the good as well as the bad. So I think um, just having that just kind of like, to an onion, there's so many layers. And so sometimes, like, the ability to get down to that center um, is sometimes the most intimate part of whether it's conflict, whether it's a joyous moment, whether it's, you know, trauma from past. Like, there's all, there's so many moments where there's, like, just a bunch of, like, oddly enough, onions. <laughs> where it's just, like, you just... And they'll make you cry. They'll make you cry. But it, yeah. it's, it's a good cry, and it's something that, you know, you work through with your mm-hmm. partner and with your spouse. And so, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So it actually reminds me of when I was in college, I had met Skylar, we were friends, but we were not dating at that time. And I had a friend that was not a very good influence on me. And she was trying to encourage me to have casual sex. And like, finally, I was just like, I can't do that. It's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. And I remember talking to Skylar about it because we were friends. And I was like, I just... I'm just not that kind of person. I just don't think I can do that. And and he basically said to be true to myself. And it was this moment where, like, there was almost that spark of having that close relationship that has obviously grown and built over the years. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think um, intimacy was a huge part, or being vulnerable was a huge part of our relationship. Um just because, I mean, starting at the beginning, our culture, we're both Hispanic, and we grew up in a culture of you don't show emotions, you don't tell your secrets, you don't do any of this stuff, like you keep it tight to you. So I think breaking down those cultural, what we grew up as, like walls that we had to break mm-hmm. down, as yeah. well as like past yeah. relationships that we had both gone through, we both have been in very abusive relationships. So going through breaking down those walls with each other and trying to figure out who we are now as a person, who we are going to be as a couple. It was just vulnerability was a huge thing. 
You know, it's so interesting that you bring up abusive past relationships because Skylar and I also dealt with that. And that was something we had to overcome early in our relationships. Uh, We both had kind of emotionally abusive exes and it took some time to really get past that and to be open about it. And I think every once in a while, those scars will still rear its ugly head and it's still something that we have to look at and deal with. Um, And it's really difficult to be willing to open your heart when you are that kind of person um, and know that somebody could rip it to shreds. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve and uh, it's definitely gotten me uh, in some tight spots at times. Um, But it's nice now knowing that I have someone that is like that too and that we share that love in a beautiful way rather than in an abusive way. (laughs) I feel like um, past relationships, we've come through so much domestic violence to even just sometimes you don't realize you are in a domestic violence situation. It could be putting, you know, being named, put down or being told you're something that you're not. And you could repetitively, you get manipulated into thinking that you are that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened in our relationships. So when we found each other, we both came from broken and then we really had to work our way up and build into our relationship that we had now. Trust was such a big thing too. Like my wife was saying, it's hard to, you don't really say anything being in a Hispanic culture. You kind of just swallow it, whatever, move on forward. Mm -hmm. But it was just, um, you know, finding each other, being vulnerable with each other. I'm not a vulnerable person, but when I met her, it just like tears running down my face and was able to find the love that, that I needed to, you know, pursue on through life and, continue down this happy journey we're on thank you guys for sharing um those things that's really powerful to be vulnerable enough we're just being vulnerable right here in this moment it's just an intimate moment we're having this conversation and this is what being relentless is all about and what i hear of both of you guys y'all found alignment those other relationships wasn't meant for you. That wasn't the season that you needed. To, that was just a season, but it wasn't your lifetime. And you found your lifetime and being able to be aligned where you could trust and break down those barriers and those walls that have been built through pain. It's a powerful thing when you meet someone who can understand that pain, love you through that pain, and help you heal through that pain, too. Well, it strengthens your relationship, too. I think that's the big thing is anytime now that we hit something that's difficult, um, we've been able to come together and pull through and be stronger because of it, even when the situations were just terrible. Um, And I think that that's something that you have to do um, is just continue to come back and, you know, rely on your partner and, and be there and working on it and be part of it. Hey, Relentless family, this is Kenyatta, you know, the counselor and founder of Relentless Counseling, and we are getting into the summer months where things are heating up, we're taking vacations, we're reflecting, we're getting at peace, we're we're trying to balance the chaos in our life, and what better way than this summer to get into therapy, where you can really reflect, really heal, and really get a hold of that chaotic life that's been going on day after day. Healing and therapy 
is a beautiful experience. It is not bad. It does not have to be scary. Trust yourself and come and join Relentless Counseling. We are available to be able to help you find your way, get on a, on your journey of healing, getting to your best self and learning how to love yourself. This is what it's all about in therapy and getting to your best self. So join us. Come to our website, www.relentlesscounseling.com. Set up your first appointment and we can tell you all about what we have to offer. And I guarantee you, it'll be one of the best journeys you've ever been on. So don't wait no further. We are here waiting on you. So your, the website again is www.relentlesscounseling.com. Can't wait to see you. You know, as we just finished talking about intimacy and what that means for you guys, we talked a little bit about past relationships. So what led you here? Intimacy takes practice. Love takes yeah. practice and it don't always come easy. Um, there's challenges that come our way, but you know what? You were an individual before you were a couple. What was this, your season like before you even met your partner? For me, it was like a season of just grinding and working hard. Because when I met Jen, I was senior in college. It was my very last semester. I was just going to graduate. And so I'm just focused on, you know, doing everything I can to walk the stage. And that's kind of when Jen came along. And it was kind of an interesting relationship because when we first met, we actually didn't really like each other. We couldn't stand each other. <laughs> we were kind of like friend well, kind of frenemies. No, it was more like there was just tension there. <laughs> Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Take that the wrong way. <laughs> Not that kind of tension. Hold on, y'all. <laughs> no, there was this tension we were in martial arts club together and he outranked me. And at one point there was some friction in the sense that he was trying to teach in it one way. And I was like, but this is how I learned it. And which was my bad. I'll, I'll be real that I, I broke protocol. All right. But, but that was one of our big events where it was, there was definitely some like clashing of heads um, early on in our Friendship. She thinks she is walking here like that. <laughs> <laughs> you can say we've talked about this before. <laughs> Never know who God brings your way and yeah. how it shows you who yeah. you want is. Yeah. Maybe who you least expect. Yeah, I actually friend zoned Skylar when I found out he liked me. Me um, too. I did the same thing to Jonathan. I, 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 was, I was as well as a comment. <laughs> Skylar, that I wanted to be friends, I actually meant it. I we were in martial arts club together, and you know, we he was helping me in the school gym, like because I didn't really know weightlifting at that time, and so he was helping me out. So we actually did become friends, and we got closer, and things built from there. It is so funny, you know. I'll tell you, I'm taking notes. <laughs> Every married couple that I have met are long, you know, long-term, of course, healthy relationships, they always say, yeah, my partner was not expected. Like, this was not someone I saw yes. myself with. Or mm -hmm. they like, we weren't even friends. I didn't like this person at first. It's amazing how that works out. And so my next question I want to ask you guys to go along with that one, how did you prepare to be ready for your partner after you met this person and after you 
kind of say like, oh, I like this person? How did you prepare for this person to be your long term? I think um, I met Jelly when I was a freshman in college. So I, I had, you know, little middle school relationship, but no like real relationship until I got to college. So and that was intentional. So for me, I because, you know, I was on the market, you know, some people were looking, but <laughs> <laughs> but I really did say no. And, and not that they weren't beautiful, but I think in high school, I had the mindset of like, I don't think this is going to work out. I want to wait until I'm in a space where I really feel like I can, you know, potentially marry the person that I date. And so I was very intentional in waiting and being single. And so I would encourage anybody who's listening, if you feel like pressure, especially if you're in early college or high school, do not feel that pressure at all. Like, you know, the right time when you're ready. And so for me, I knew that was kind of going into college. You talk about like season. I was like, I was in hunting season when I got into college. <laughs> I, was, I was looking for whoever, cause that was the time I was like, okay, now that I'm in college, I'm going to, you know, explore and, you know, try to meet, you know, the, my wife. And so, but I think that season of singleness in high school was very important because I got to know who I was really build my foundation with the Lord get established with like my community and not be distracted by, you know, women. Cause I think for men, that's a real like weakness for us. So just that season of singleness was very important. Yeah. I think it's so funny because like, can you, can you kind of like you were saying, like, I was totally in the complete opposite season. Like I was with my girlfriends. We were in our Christian community group. Like um, we are in our season of singleness, no boys, like definitely, definitely not. Cause it was my sophomore year or my like second semester of my sophomore year. And I saw him, I was like, oh, he's cute. But he was a freshman. I was like, hex to the no. And then and before that, like my, my freshman year, I was like, you know, I've always kind of was like, I'm going to, you know, end up with an older guy, like all these things. And of course my husband is eight months younger than I am. <laughs> I needed the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so it's kind of just funny, but I feel like, um, just the other like funny aspect is we oddly kind of did the same method of, I think the way I think of it is just like, we kind of just prepared through preservation. I intentionally, you know, there were, I got some free food, free dates, you know what I'm saying? But I intentionally did not date anyone. I married the first person that I dated, but it wasn't because there was an opportunity. It's because I intentionally kind of knew through discernment of the Holy Spirit and also through just the kind of person I am. Like when I love, I love hard. So I, I knew I could never be the casual dating kind of person where it's like, yeah, I got this boyfriend. It just, it just wasn't me. So, um, I think ultimately, holistically, like just to say of just through intentional preservation, intentional one seeking the Lord, because yes, I was complete in a season of singleness, which that's a whole other thing, because I kind of had a lot of fear of like, oh, no, can I date him? You know, just very kind of wanting to be like, what I just want to hear from you, you know, so um, but but just ultimately like steering clear of distractions. And um, even though he was a really big attraction for my studies. But... <laughs> it worked. It worked. So keep trying. <laughs> but yeah, so probably preservation was our biggest way. Um, I definitely think just like going back to the abusive relationships before I, we came out of those relationships and I stayed single from that relationship until I met Jonathan. Um, and it wasn't for any other reason besides I was just done with dating in general. I was just like, whatever, I don't even care if I end up alone for the rest of my life. Um, and I think it was healing season too, because I needed to find out who I was as a person and what I wanted to do. Um, because if I didn't figure that out, then there was no way I was going to find another person and be able to be with another person because I needed to know who I was. And I was definitely um, stuck in that for a while of 
not knowing who I am, not knowing what I want to be, not knowing what I want to do. So it was definitely a healing season for me before I met Jonathan and going into meeting him. Mine would be uh, forgiveness was a big one for me because I would just hold on to almost resentment of past relationships, which would affect your previous or your relationships ahead of you. If you can't forgive what's behind you, then you're going to just hold it on and keep rolling it into your next relationship and mm -hmm. on onward and onward. And then with that, it comes trust because then at that point, you're just your walls built so high up. Again, you come back to the vulnerability, you know, vulnerability. You're not, you know, you're not going to be vulnerable when you're like that. So when I was able to just love with, you know, just love people, just love, just be, mm -hmm. you know, be love yourself and be able to get to that point where then I wasn't expecting to be with Victoria. I saw her, I hit on her. I was just like, Hey, you know, she didn't want nothing from it. I was just like, let's get coffee, nothing. So then, and, and then, then she I went walking to church and I said, Oh, maybe oh, she's leaving out, she leaving out the main part. So I met her at a gym. She went <laughs> She went MIA for like a year. Okay. So like I saw her. It was like, oh, this girl, this is this is it. This is her. Talk to her. She didn't want nothing of it. Then she was gone a year. And then she came back and I'm like, she's back. So then I'm like, it has to be it. So it has to, so instead of it being on your time and you dating and doing whatever you want, I believe it's on God's time. Because yes. if, if you wait mm -hmm. in that moment, yes. even though it took me so long to get there. And you, I still turned him down after I came <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> it's in God's time. So if yes. you can be patient yes. and wait, instead of trying to rush something yes. that, you know, you're wanting it to happen. And you're forcing it to happen, mm -hmm. and it's just not in the right. You're not in the right position, or the yeah. right, right state of mind. That's why it's so important to go through every season of our life. Mm -hmm. yes. If this is your single time in your life, yes. it is okay. Mm -hmm. That time is meant for something. Mm -hmm. It's in God, like you said. It's in God's timing. What was the biggest challenge for you guys from going from being single to married? Getting your ducks in a row. Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> it's just basically, you know, for me, I actually had a personal set, personalized set of goals that I wanted to achieve before getting married. A huge one for me was getting myself out of student loan debt. And luckily enough, Jen was actually very much on board with this, which is one of the reasons why we're kind of like the team, right? Well, this right there. But anyways, but yeah. <laughs> It was, it was just basically getting our ducks in a row. It's like taking care of debt, you know, um, taking care of student loans, you know, making sure, you know, you're, you're a good place financially, you know, you're a good place spiritually, you're, you know, everything in your life is where it needs to be before you walk down the aisle. Because I think one of the biggest challenges is that a lot of people try to encourage me to kind of do the willy nilly method of marriage. It's like, oh, just get married. Just go ahead. Do it tomorrow. Do it today. Like, No. It was very like, marriage is a huge decision. You don't just do it willy-nilly. Right. You don't buy a house willy-nilly. You don't buy a car willy-nilly. So why should marriage be lumped in the same thing? Yeah. yeah. Right. I think some of the challenges um, from my perspective was just not, like, I have my own schedule. So I come from, like, I just, I was still in college, and I was living with five guys. So as you can imagine, there's no routine. There's no schedule. There's no waiting on anybody. I'm solo. Now going into marriage, you know, anywhere I go, I may be waiting on someone in particular. <laughs> and, you know, that, that it really is an adjustment 
living on your own, doing whatever you want on the weekend, watching whatever you want. And the little practical things you don't think of, like if she wants to go walk the dog, you know, I'm like, I kind of want to go with her, but I don't want to let her go alone. And then she wants me to, but I don't feel like it. So the little practical things like that, I think I didn't think of because I kind of went into marriage naive thinking it's just going to work out. Like I, I literally thought it was so easy. Like I, I definitely did. <laughs> and so now, you know, even being married six months, I realized, wow, there's a lot of things that I did not consider. There's so many mm-hmm. things down to the little things. Cause obviously there are big picture things, kind of what they just touched on. But I think, yeah, for me specifically, it was the little, you know, leaving the drawers open when we're getting ready, but you okay, know, I, I won't go too right. deep for y'all. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to say something similar in that you always have to consider the other person. Yeah. So I'm super outgoing. I love spending time with people. And there was actually a few problems when like my sister would come over to spend time with me and I didn't tell Skylar ahead of time. And like, that's a problem. Like you have to talk to your partner. You have to let them know. And like, it's not even a permission thing. It's just a courtesy thing. Um, And then he has, he's had to do the same for me because he would just, walk out of the house and not tell me where he's <laughs> And finally, I, I, taught, I was like, what if something happened to you? I wouldn't even know where to look for your body. Like, what's going on? Like, She's going to start with some men. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> so you always are having to consider the other person. And in yeah. any sort of decisions you make, even something that may seem small, you still have to consult with your partner because it's not just about you anymore. It's yeah. about yeah. you as a couple. Yeah. yeah. I think space was the big one <laughs> space. You know, if you're always being alone, especially when you're single, you have the time where you're just always by yourself. And then all of a sudden, of course we were in COVID. So that was even the worst. So I was just so used to just doing my own thing. And then all of a sudden you got my wife attached to my hip. <laughs> 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 She in follows, this case, literally. And she follows me everywhere. And whatever I'm doing, she's doing with me, too. So it was, that was kind of the challenge there. And also, it's just being not so selfish, you know, being selfless. And just you have to be, of course, just it's not all about you anymore. It's about your wife and about yourself. So now you're one. So everything has to be done as a couple and being on that same page. Because when you are, then things start to smooth out as you know as good as they can be yeah it's definitely being on the same page yeah Yeah. I definitely think with like COVID too it was just it was crazy of course in marriage you know you're going to be together all the time anyways you're going to always have somebody to come home to but during COVID you are literally together Mm -hmm. 24-7 every day non-stop yep Jennifer you said something earlier and I want to segue into this before we take another commercial break but you said that you have to consider your partner and you do that a lot in marriage. At least yes. from what I hear, yes. it's compromise, yes. it's being considerate. Yes. You're taking two individuals and putting them together as one. And that can be challenging. I can only imagine how challenging, especially at the beginning, when you're trying to get used to, hey, I'm not alone anymore. It's, yeah. not, my, it's not my routine anymore. It's mm-hmm. our routine. But even in marriage, we're on this relentless journey. Y'all during yes. relentless journey is together. Yes. But you also still are you an individual in this one? So before we take our break, I want us to ponder on that for a second to really think about, okay, how do you consider yourself in your, in your marriage? How do you continue to date you and grow individually, even when you're a couple? And 
y'all know I love movies. I love reading. And Viola Davis is one of my favorite actresses. And she has a monologue in Raisin in the Sun. And I want to play a little bit of that clip because it talks a lot about how much she had to give in her marriage. And it all, to me, it sounded like she got a little lost in that of herself. And I just want to talk to these married couples about what did you think about this clip and how do you date yourself? So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Just kind of going off thinking about yourself in marriage, you know, it kind of can count. It can sound like counterproductive, but going off that clip, you know, it can like we mentioned earlier, resentment can build. If and and I don't think it's a bad thing that we'll think about our spouse sometimes more than ourselves. But mm-hmm. I think we have to encourage each other to think about ourselves. So if we see each other like, man, you've really been feeding into me. You've really been encouraging me. Like, do something with yourself. Like, do something with your friends, your family whatever it may look like that you enjoy. It doesn't have to be with yourself, but I think a lot of times if Jelly wants to go out with her friends or do something with her sister, I'm like 100%, go do that. You need that time, you know, just with your family, with your friends, that's not always with me. So I think encouraging each other to do that is very important because we can forget ourselves. And so obviously you want to remember yourself, but having your spouse encourage you to do that, that's I think the initial step and then taking action on that. Yeah, I think, um, like, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind is kind of, like, two things of, like, one, <clears throat> like, dating myself in a way. Um, well, I, I know that's, like, coined the term for dating yourself, but I think more so I'm just, I guess, taking care of myself in intentional ways. So, like, if I lo- really like to get my nails done or, like, there's a certain hair product that's just, like, if we have it on the budget, let me get the hair product because that makes me feel confident. And so it's really small things, but then additionally just, like, the balance of sacrifice. So love is nothing without the sacrifice and love is nothing without, you know, the valleys just as much as it's beauty with the, you know, with the mountaintops, but, um, just understanding. And obviously we're literally only six months strong in our marriage, but even just, just in relationships in general, understanding the balance of sacrifice, it keeps you preserving the spot of value in the relationship while also keeping the other person in a reserved spot of value. Um, which it's, it's a difficult balance, which is why there's conflict. But um, I think that's a challenge and that's the, the growth moments of just being intentional in those moments for sure. Yeah, I think sacrifice, that's that's the word that kind of kept coming to me too. Um, 
just because of course you have to sacrifice and you have to know when your partner is sacrificing something as well mm-hmm. um, for the benefit of you. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, making this move to Texas, my husband definitely sacrificed for me because I was wanting this move for sure. Mm-hmm. And it took him away from all of his family, everything he's ever known. Um, so that was a huge sacrifice. And I have to make that realization that that's something that he did for me mm-hmm. and he was being selfless for me. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding ways to, help your partner be like encouraging and being like, okay, yes, you did this for me. And not that you have to have those, um, guidelines, I guess, of you did this for me. So I'll do this for you. But just knowing that he did that on his own will, he did that for me because he loves me. And that's something that you always have to pay attention to is the sacrifice that your partner is making. I also think, uh, being part of that same sacrificing and even, you sacrifice a lot when you come into marriage. So you have to learn to stop being so selfish um, we're going back into the selfish is just now when you get into that point of marriage, you have to know what each other's goals are yes. and still communicate that with each other. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, then I need to thrive to push her to become what she wants to be yes. instead of settling mm-hmm. for less, because I don't want her to settle for less. I want her to keep growing and keep striving forward as she will push me to continue onwards as I push her and we'll, you know, tra- travel down that road together hand in hand. Okay, guys, how do you address challenges within your marriage to maintain and adhere to your vows? I think the the big one is communication. Communication, love, and patience are kind of the big ones to uh, to get that. There's a scripture, James 1.19. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because at a point, you're, you can, you're in a relationship, no matter, it could be the beginning part of marriage or even 10 years down the road. There's going to be some fights, and at a point you learn when to say something and when not to say something. So if you can be just quick to listen, because sometimes you assume something when you they're telling you something and you're going to just jump off the handle. So then you're slow to speak. So then at that point, regain your thoughts, speak what you need to, and then just don't get upset about it. If it's worth fighting for it, then fight for it. But if it's not, then there's no point to you know ruin the moment or what's going on. Pick your battles. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. We're all on the same page. Yeah. I think the big thing I think of um just simply of like seek to understand, not to be understood. And so anytime like I know like if we're in a disagreement, I sometimes have to just like stop talking and be like, Okay, I, I'm on the defense. I just wanna tell him like I want him to understand me so much, I'm just gonna continue to keep saying what I'm saying instead of taking a second and like let things settle. So whenever he speaks, I'm not simply thinking of what I'm going to say. I'm actually like sitting and listening, hearing what he's saying. Because sometimes we end up saying the same thing using different words, using different concepts and sentences. And so whenever we really just seek to understand one another instead of just seeking to be understood, um, I think that does a really huge, huge help and role in um, helping us resolve conflict and also working through conflict. Because conflict, I think, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's the process of how you manage a conflict, right? Where I think can be the biggest default. But um, yeah, so. Yeah, and I would say find ways to understand each other. So if you need, sometimes conversations can be heated and at that point, you're kind of flooded, right? You're going off emotion, not reason or logic. And so maybe potentially taking, you know, 10 minutes away. Some people don't like to do that. But like I said, Find the thing that clicks with you and your spouse and where you can get to the point where you understand each other. You know, if it's continue through the argument and just work through it verbally in the moment, perfect. But some people need time to step away, cool down. So 
finding how to understand each other is something really important because you know sometimes I want to talk all the way through and Jelly's like I just need a little second and figuring that out is important so it'll take time we're just kind of getting in those stages where you know six months in we're figuring out okay maybe she needs a little more time maybe I'm too much of a verbal processor so figuring that out yeah that's I think step one to that communication level yeah I think for our relationship uh our main thing is accountability we are both able to hold ourselves accountable because in a marriage you have two imperfect people so I'm gonna mess up Jen's gonna mess up everyone messes up in the marriage at least 3,000 times <laughs> probably more probably more yes at least with us, I think one of the most two powerful words in our marriage is I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that can quickly dispel any sort of like, you know, anger or rage we have towards a certain argument. And then from there, we just kind of build back up the bonding process. Yeah. I think we subscribe to that viewpoint of, and then in a conflict, then everyone contributes to that conflict. And you have to take the responsibility for your part in that conflict. Um, and even if the other person did something wrong too, it that doesn't necessarily matter. Um, you still have to take responsibility for your own issues. And I think that that was one of the things that uh, brought us together early on in our relationship. So. Awesome, awesome. And you know, in our society, in our trend that we have, we have this thing called relationship goals. We see these couples, yeah. these big couples, like, yeah. oh, that's the relationship, you know, hashtag relationship goal. Mm. No, it's not. Right. You oh, are your own relationship good. goal because yeah. y'all bring something out of each other. Not mm. That's their relationship. Yeah. You are your own goal, and so you yeah. bring what you want out of your relationship. No one else can do that for you. You can't compare your relationship to others because mm-hmm. they ain't at that stage where you're at. You're in your mm-hmm. own season. You're in your own journey. It's not about what happens in the relationship. It's how you get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's just a challenge in the nature of love, even God's love. So I think one thing we forget is uh, with relationship goals is we oftentimes don't remember some of the struggles those couples went through and some of the dirt they had to go through, some of the problems, or even then. I mean, you're only seeing like the best parts of a relationship and it might not even be the best parts. I mean, you look at it, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown looked happy in photos and so did Ike and Tina. (laughs) But you actually look at their relationship, you're like, uh, maybe they're not relationship goals because there's some problems here and there. There's some toxicity that kind of kind of permeates that relationship. So you kind of have to be careful about who you say relationship goals are because it may not be the goal of what you want for yourself. And it may not be the goal that God wants for you yes. in your particular relationship. He brought you two together. Yeah. He yeah. aligned you guys. So you are the goal for you. Mm-hmm. And it's wherever he takes you. And it's going to be harder than what goal you think is out there in the first yeah. place because you're letting God lead you. My next question for you guys is, y'all are married, six months in, two years in. What were some unexpected surprises that you found now that you're married? Other than COVID? <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty unexpected, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I, I didn't know my wife would get undressed when she walks in through the door. It <laughs> <laughs> just closed throughout the house. You got shoes, pants, shirt, Sorry. and it's just laid out through there, and I'm just like Cinderella picking this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and a 
nightstand. I don't even know what it is. It just looks like empty glasses. And like, I'm like we have no glasses up here. Like, there's nothing downstairs. I got to go up and collect them all because she just holds on to them. You, you know, we're... you never know when you might need it. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I just assume that people knew how to share a sink. Like, I guess I have no child of five. I mean, you know, you just you brush, spit, you know, you wait your turn, jump in when you can. Whereas he will not come near the sink if I am brushing my teeth, washing my face. In my defense, her whole head is in the sink. How, how am I supposed to brush my teeth? But it is true. I grow my own sink. But yes, it, it is true. That's for me. For something I had to learn in my marriage is how quickly hair can clog up a sink. Am I a sink? I'm not an animal. No, no. That's true. I'm just saying, you yeah. find air in places you didn't expect to find air. All, all the registries need that little snake drain thing. They <laughs> should be selling that at Target on the, on the checkout. Yeah. I mean, me especially, I'm bald, so I'm like, where did this even come from? I'm not even used to this. But I think it's also, so my big thing was that Skylar doesn't want to get rid of anything. Like, he's like, I don't want... Like, it's so wasteful to throw yes, it away. Yes. Okay, well, and I have a little bit of that trouble myself, and I've had to work through some of that to not have those hoarding tendencies, and, like, that just makes it worse because that's a weak point for both of us. Yeah, a little bit bad, but I love you. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is, like, it's like it takes it to that next level, and I'm like, no, it's getting better. We got to go this other way um, um, just so that we don't hold on to stuff that's just going to weigh us down. Wow, guys, I have learned a lot today about <laughs> marriage and doesn't stir me away. It actually makes me more excited for when it's my time and my season for that to happen. Yes. I am excited yeah. about it because I love love. And I know, and y'all know I'm always talking about a relentless journey and the journey that we're on and yeah. the processing through it. Marriage is a process. It's another journey to yeah. be on and you never know what's going to be on the other side, but you go through it. You're not alone, having to go through it alone. You're there to be vulnerable and someone else is getting your stuff, but still love you yeah. just like that. It's kind of like a mirror we get from God. Now I'm not saying your partner's God. He can't, no one can love you like yeah. God loves yeah. you, yeah. but you get a sense of God loves me through my stuff yes. too. Mm-hmm. And he's loving yes. both of us through, through our stuff. Mm-hmm. And, my number one prayer when I think about love, and I always pray about this to God, is God, show me how you love. Yes. Help me love the way you love. Yes. And when I started that prayer, he started to bring people in my life that loves me for me, too. Yes. Friends, of course, I'm not married, so not an instrument yet. I'm still waiting on that one, God. But, but he starts to show you things. And even your marriage, I don't know if y'all, you know, I know I didn't ask this to you guys. But even in your marriage, now that you're married, y'all been, you know, y'all been in a relationship with each other for quite, you know, quite a minute now. Mm-hmm. But what have you learned and grown about yourself just by meeting your partner? I know for me, I am, I have ADHD. I'm impulsive. I like getting things done in the moment. Um, Skylar is much more patient. Um, so I've had to learn to be more patient, too. Um, and he likes to take time to figure things out on his own. And I'm like, nope, let's do it now. Um, and I've had to take a step back. And in some ways, it's been really good because I'm a bit of a hothead. And um, there are times when he'll need time to like cool off. And it gives me time to cool off too. And I'm like, 
oh, things are better when I let myself calm down a little bit uh, before we go into this. So it's been good to have that modeling of, hey, this is another way to do things and it might work for you. Yeah, I think one big thing too is Jonathan is just super loving. He's just anybody, everybody, if you need help, he's there. And he's not just the person that's like, oh yeah, call me if you need me. Like you call him if you need him and he will be there at three o'clock in the morning when your car breaks down. Like he's, he's that person. And I definitely was not that person at all. I'm like, I wouldn't say I was selfish, but I definitely was more to myself. Um, I didn't like, I don't have very many friends. He's constantly reaching out to people. So he's just pulled me and challenged me to um, reach out more to people, to be more loving, to have kind of more of a giving heart. Um, which I think is very beneficial for myself because it's teaching me a lot of things about myself and about like who we can be as a relationship. Yeah, I think for me specifically, I realized I'm a little bit more of a go-getter than I thought. And, you know, because being in college, it's you're prone to procrastination and not getting things done. But when you're in a marriage and you have a wife to, you know, provide for, I'm like, I can't wait for this. You know, I got to go get it while I can and do what I can and be a visionary for my family. And so I think that was drawn out of me in marriage, like realizing, okay, I can prioritize. I can not procrastinate and learn to do things a correct way and just try my hardest at things. You know, growing up, I would just, you know, it was pretty easy in school, like sports, I would try a little bit, but I never really like put my full effort into something. And so I realized in my marriage, you know, my wife brings that out of me and I didn't know I had such capacity to kind of like raise up to that level and I think she helps me so much with that and so that's one thing for me I didn't realize I could you know be kind of organized and again she's helped me with that part (laughs) but you know just prioritize these things awesome I have one one last final question for you guys (laughs) my last question for you guys what advice would you give a newly engaged couple Mine would be is love God above everything because you get so caught up thinking you're, we're just talking about goals. You look at money, you look at shoes, you look at purses, you look at all this materialistic stuff and it's, and that can all be replaced But the love for your wife, of course, at that point. And then if it doesn't go the way it is, you're going to have a heartbreak and it's something that you're going to be, you get so caught up idolizing something that you could have been in a happy relationship, but because you were striving for something else. So God should be your first love. Uh, he should be above everything. And through through that, you, you feed from God comes through you, then it feeds to your wife and then onwards. So you, you walk that straight line. I think that's so good. Like piggybacking, piggybacking off of that, it reminded me like, of just mentality of having your non-negotiables. And for me, like what you're saying ties into that because for me, like a non-negotiable is like, just keeping God first. Like my favorite scripture, Matthew 6 and 33, like seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things shall be added unto you. And so like my non-negotiable, my goal is that no matter what in every avenue of my life, of our life, you know, of where we're going, as long as we're seeking the Lord first, everything else will fall into place. And so, but additionally, like the non-negotiables of, okay, we're like, we've had a, have a non-negotiable. We're never ever going to like bring up the word divorce. Like that's not even a consideration, no matter how mad you get, no matter how upset you get. Um, so just non-negotiables and conflict, non-negotiables and, um, you know, we can, we'll have to sacrifice, but I think never sacrificing our marriage, never sacrificing ourselves mm-hmm. or something. Cause ultimately that's, you know, 
dwindling. So. Yeah. Well, you know, y'all have talked mostly about the spiritual side of things, so I'm going to go a slightly different direction and focus on the communication part. And I think it's so important to be on the same page with your partner and to keep coming back and to keep talking, even when you're exhausted and you don't want to see their face. Um, You have to keep coming back. You have to be on the same page. And sometimes you may be on the same page and no one else is on that page with you and you have to fight um, against people. This happened to us a lot early on. As Skylar said earlier, he had a goal of paying off his student loans and um, I supported him in that goal. He was very upfront about it very early on in our relationship. We were on the same page, but people kept coming into our lives saying, oh, no, you need to do it this way or whatever. And it didn't matter that and, that's what they thought right. it should be. We did what was right for us. Yeah. And, and that's what you need to remember. There is only two people walking down that aisle, two people saying the vows, yes. and then two people, you know, celebrating the marriage. And yeah. so... If there, if the anyone who gives you advice is not a part of those two people, then take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. You can either choose to accept it or you can choose to say, this is not how we're going to roll. Yeah. It's mainly two people that need to be in sync here. Yeah, and it's totally okay to tell people to mind their business because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes you have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. People overstep all the time. And um, if it's something that bothers you, it is okay to just be like, okay can back off like that's fine um or maybe less direct i'm very direct but yeah we had a lot of naysayers saying that we should have done things differently um but because we were on the same page we're like all right it's us against the world we can take it on it's cool because we've got each other's back and i think that that's so important um and you know even when we argue because we do a lot, um, <laughs> but we but we still keep coming back. Um, we'll, we even use the phrase "talk to me" um, just to make sure that we're continuing to communicate, continuing to listen and be there. And we may not always get it um, in the beginning. We may not always get it right. Um, we may have an argument and have to deal with it. Um, but we always come out on the other side of that, and right. it's so important to make sure that you keep coming back to that. Awesome. I think a a big one, or it's kind of funny, but a big one too, um, like don't be afraid to check each other's attitudes because there's times where I'll have an attitude from work or he'll have an attitude from work and we kind of bring that home with us. And instantly we shut it off right away. We're like, hey, you have an attitude and I don't know where it's coming from, but we'll we'll straight up tell each other like, I don't know where this attitude is. I don't know. I don't, but I don't need it. Did I cause this? No. Okay. And we'll like, we yeah. jokingly do it, but it actually helps us because then we're like, okay, yeah, you're right. My tone was weird. I'm distant. I'm whatever the case is. Um, so it's just, we just check each other right away instead of letting it fester and then build into something more than what it actually was. And we start fighting with each other over some nonsense that happened during our day that had nothing to do with one another. Yeah. I think I was talking with my friend not too long ago and, one thing I was telling him was I don't want people at my work to think more highly of me than my wife. And I think a lot of times we can come home from work with a lot of baggage or frustration and kind of let it out on our spouse, just like she was saying. And so that's one thing I've tried to strive for is like, be the same person you are out in public, real nice and sweet as you are with your wife because, or your husband, because that's the most important person, you know, that you spend all your time with. 
I am so full, guys. My soul is just overjoyed. We had a great conversation about love. I would like to thank Skylar, Jen, Ben, Angelica, Victoria, and Jonathan for coming and talking to us about marriage and being vulnerable with yes. us and our family who is across the world that, that tunes in. So they're here listening and learning about what marriage is all yeah. about, learning love and the relentless journey that marriage takes us on. So thank you. We are wrapping up our thank relationship you. series. Yes. So I am excited. So thank you so much. We definitely appreciate you guys. We honor you and we are there praying with you for your marriage and all the success that it's going to bring, not to just yourself, but also the world, the world around you. God is going to use your marriage to help build his kingdom and that's an exciting thing thank you thank you oh what a wonderful thursday i hope you guys are feeling good i am feeling good please subscribe pass this along to all your married friends your single friends your engaged friends the the friends that don't even know what they are and where they're at in, in their season of relationship just pass it to everyone you know a stranger your co-workers let them hear and we can learn together. We on this relentless journey individually and together as a whole. So I enjoy you guys every single Thursday. We'll be back again for another episode next week. Until then, bye for now. Thank you for joining Relentless Thursdays. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us your feedback and remember to subscribe to this podcast to never miss a moment in our relentless behavior to our best self. We can't wait till next week and all the weeks to come with our relentless behavior on Relentless Thursdays podcast. Talk to you soon.